Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. The title of the message this morning is To Tell the Truth. How many know that it is difficult for many to tell the truth? We're going to be reading this morning from Psalm chapter 85. And we're just going to read a few verses, verses 8 through 13. If you have it, say amen. amen. Praise God. And the word of the Lord says, starting at verse number 8, I will hear what God the Lord will speak. For he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth shall spring out of the earth and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him, and he and shall make his footsteps our pathway. Glory to God. Saints of God, you may take your seats this blessed morning. I'm going to start out with an illustration. There was a show in the 70s. I think it was the 70s. It could have been the 60s. It was called To Tell the Truth. How many remember that show? I used to watch that show as a little kid, and I would put my feet on like a little bureau thing, and I would just lie down on the rug, and I'd watch this show, and I thought I was like Inspector Clouseau. I was trying to find out who was lying, who was saying what, and, and the, the, the premise of this show was that there would be three celebrity uh, uh, guest judges. And they would have to ask a whole bunch of questions to try to find out which one of the, of the three panelists are liars, basically. They would use uh, these questions to find out who was being deceptive. And the goal of the show was to try to discover the identity of the real person. So some of them might have been the first pilot or the first person to go to the moon or whatever the thing was. The first one to win the Kentucky Derby, whatever. So they would put three jockeys and you would have to find out which one. And you would have to ask these questions. And these people are lying right to your face, right to the audience. Lies, lies, lies. The whole show was based on deception. And here's the deal. The better the liar you were, the more you would have uh, favor with the judges and, and with the, the audience. 
And then at the end of the show, finally, the time for reveal, the host would say, will the real person please stand up? And then three people are like the, like the gophers. You know that, that, little, that little gopher, uh, uh, what is it called? Rock whack-a-mole. They're starting to hop up and down, hop up and down until one stands up and on their feet and stays on their feet. And everybody begins to clap. Yay, we discovered who the real person was. But the whole thing is that this show used deception to come to the truth. And I find that many in, in our day use deception to find their way to the truth. John 8, 31 through 32, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Glory to God. How many of us actually abide in God's word? How many actually meditate on the word of God. When we hear the word meditate, it's not like the Hindu practice. That is not meditating on God's word. It means focused thought. Focusing on the word of God that you read in the morning. We do this at every men's conference. We read a chapter in the morning together. And then we go verse by verse and we start to talk about the, the word of God and how it impacted us. What verses popped off the page. And then we begin to meditate on that all day. We pray about it and ask God to really flood our heart with his truth. Truth is found in God's word. Psalm 119 verse 160. It says the entirety of thy word is truth and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Jesus said of himself, these are his words, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's a hard truth praise God but it is the truth Jesus is truth he said I am truth uh, Jesus also said that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free the truth is like a set of keys that unlocks the prison doors when you uh, linger in something that is not true a deception you are bound by that uh, untruth or by that lie let's call it what it is Many of us hear the truth of God's word, and yet we don't respond. We hear, but we don't obey. And then we find ourselves in bondage. Why? Why aren't we free? Why? I'll tell you why. Because oftentimes we ignore God's truth, or we prefer our own version of truth. There are a lot of people that if you ask them, hey, uh, uh, are you a believer? Yeah, I serve God. Be careful when people say that. I serve God. Because if you ask Oprah Winfrey, she'll tell you maybe her God is Vishnu. You ask somebody else, they'll say Allah. You ask another person, they'll say her God is a, a Hare Krishna, a Haley Salise. There's a whole bunch of false gods out there. And this is why as a born-again, spirit-filled believer, we have to be a little more open and transparent than just saying I serve God. No, I serve Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Alpha and the Omega. I'm a born again, spirit filled, blood brought, washed by the blood of the Lamb Christian. There's no mistake in it. Praise God. 
we have to be a little more transparent in the way we deliver or, or approach ourselves. Jesus said, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. I think I have those, those verses reversed. Praise God. Matthew 7, 26 through 27, it says, But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descends, descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell. And great was its fall. Listen, when you build anything on a lie, it cannot stand. A half-truth is a whole lie. Sometimes we give fragments of truth, pieces of truth, but we hold back the important details. Guess what? That's called a lie. Hallelujah. When you don't give the whole truth nothing but the truth, so help you God. And there are those that make for themselves their own version of God. I don't want to follow the God of the Bible. I don't want to follow the true living God. I follow a different God. My God allows me to do this, that, and the other. And he's okay with it because he knows my heart. How many of you heard this nonsense, this foolishness? And I serve that God. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to be in church. I don't need to. My God allows me to do this and to do that. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Read your Bible. Glory to God. Knowing the truth means to hear it and to obey. And in essence, just do it. Praise God. Do what the Bible says. Apply it to your life. There are many that go to school and learn skills, learn trades, and are able to do great things because of what they've learned from others. Computer techs know how to fix computers. They work on hardware, software, all this other stuff that I can't even pronounce. Brother Jamie knows how to work that board. And you, you talk to him and he will drown you out. He'll be like, according to the calculations, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious and decibel levels and this and that. All righty, man. Just, just make sure it works, brother. That's all I care. You see, when you go to the right person that has the skill set, you can understand that they know what they're talking about because they've been applying themselves. Mechanics know how to fix cars. Chefs know how to cook a good meal. Racers know how to race. Athletes, they know their sport. They play at the highest level and so on and so on. They're free to perform and operate because of the knowledge of truth or skill set in their field. Knowing a person, saints of God, this is where it starts to get really, really dicey. Because in the body of Christ, it is important for us to not only know Christ, but know each other. Praise God. When you know your brother, when you know your sister, when you have relationship with people and you know their nature and somebody says to you, hey, you know what? I saw this person doing that and this and the other. And you say, wait a minute. That doesn't sound like the person that I know. You understand? When you know someone and you know their nature, you are able to, to stand up and say, wait a minute. I don't know if that's actually true because the person that I know would never do such a thing. I think we need to do some investigations. But people don't do that. Hallelujah. They're really quick with the, with the, with the lies and the deceptions. And who doesn't love juicy gossip? Turn your neighbor. Say, he forgot to tell us to buckle up this morning.
When you know people, you would say, I know my wife. She would never do such a thing. I know my husband. He doesn't like that type of food. He likes this type of food. I know my son. He would never do that. I know this person is never late. There must be something wrong. If they're late, something's up because they're the first one in, last one out every, you know. You know people. You begin to know them and you know their heart. And so it causes you, it should cause you to think differently. Pontius Pilate, let me take you back 2,000 plus years ago. Pontius Pilate stood in front of Jesus, the physical embodiment of truth. And he asked him the proverbial question, what is truth? And here's the problem. Jesus is truth personified. He's standing right in front of the man who asked the question. And instead of listening or waiting for the answer, the Bible records Pilate as turning around and walking away. Who asks a question and turns around and walks away? Not many of us, but when it comes to the truth, many of us walk away from truth. We'd rather have the deception in many cases right? We walk away from the truth. Why? Because the truth hurts. The truth offends. People are afraid of the truth. There was a movie called A Few Good Men. How many of you seen that movie? And there's a, a part in the movie where Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson, he's a judge or he's a general in the army, and they put him on the, on the witness stand, and the judge and the lawyers are attacking him and attacking him, and he's holding it very cool until it gets to the point where it's a statement of fact or fiction. And they ask him, tell us the truth, tell us the truth. He goes, you can't handle the truth. Why do we walk away from truth? Here's one of the reasons why I think, because truth is like a mirror. Brother Alex spoke about it earlier in a poem. Truth is like a mirror. Truth makes us see the good, the bad, and the ugly. It lets us see the inside and the outside. You know, when you stand in front of the mirror and you look at the mirror, the mirror does not lie to you. The mirror is not going to lie to you to satisfy your truth or your, your uh, opinion of truth. The truth is going to say, look, bro, take it or leave it, but I'm just keeping it real. You need to get on that treadmill. You need to get back in the gym, bro. Stop eating them Krispy Kremes, Right? I used to have a platinum Krispy Kreme card. Every time I went to Krispy Kreme, especially, we call it the devil light. You know the red light? We called it the devil light because you get a free donut. And you know you ain't going in for no one donut. You eat a donut, you're getting a whole box. The mirror doesn't lie to us. But so many Christians actually lie to one another and lie to themselves on a daily basis. Here's the reality of the situation. This is so important that you understand this. Because when we lie, we are in league with the enemy. You have been called out of the darkness into his marvelous light. There must be a change in the life of every believer. Some of us bear no fruit of the Spirit of God. You look at a person, they talk the good talk, but their life says something completely different. 
They have foul mouths, potty mouths, full of deception, venomous, poisonous, talking about others, talking about leaders, talking about these ones. There's no one safe in their lips. I know that this is a bold statement, but I'm going to tell you the truth. The lies and the deceptions that we tell keep us in bondage. In Jesus' name, I'm telling you the truth. Lies and slave. Jesus said the truth makes you free. You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Listen to this. John 8, 32 through 34. These are Jesus' words. He said, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. There's a quote from uh, Augustine. It says, when regard for truth has been broken down or even slightly weakened, all things will remain doubtful. At the root of every sin, there has to be some deception in there somewhere. There's a lie somewhere. Beth Moore, I posted this on Facebook. I'll say it again here in church. Beth Moore said, deception is the glue, listen, that holds every stronghold together. Every stronghold cleaves to a lie that our thinking patterns have been twisted to believe. Listen, Satan is the originator, the twister of truth. He is the defiler of the divine. Satan himself is a lie. There is no truth in him. His specialty is twisting the truth and turning it into a lie until the lie seems like it itself is truth. And he makes us have a victim mentality. And he works on the brethren. Here's some of the things that you hear people saying. These are Christians. Well, I can never be victorious over this compulsion. I've had it too long. Or it runs in my family. Or I can't help the mess that I'm in. I'm caught and there's nothing I can do about it. How about this? Well, it might be a stronghold, but I really need it to get by. Or I love this one. I'm in control here. Nothing is controlling me. I have uh, the ability to do everything. I deserve this. This isn't doing me any harm. I can handle it. I can quit whenever I want to. How about this one? This one I hear a lot. There's nothing wrong with this relationship. People just don't understand us. This is true love. Turn your neighbor and say, get it together. Praise God. I hope he ain't talking about you. Praise God. How about this? God may answer prayers for most people. He just doesn't answer my prayers. How about this? God couldn't possibly fill the void in my life. I'm so empty. I need more. These are just lies that, that you hear. These are lies. These are great deceptions. That means that these people are bound and trapped in their own prison, their own guilt. 
God is the father of all creation, the one and only true God. Satan is a lie. He could never be God. He is only the father of lies. Amen? Listen closely to John 8, 42 through 45. Again, Jesus' words. If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. Listen, this is where it gets scary. He says, you are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. What we just heard here, of course, is that Satan is the father of lies, and those that run with him are also liars. And he says those that are practicing lies and deception are in league or of their father, the devil. When we don't believe the truth, we are in league with the enemy. Jesus came from God. He is truth. He is the living word, the bread from heaven. Why are people unable to understand this truth? Is because they are not of the Father in heaven. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians 2.14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. In this chapter, chapter 8, you should read it, John chapter 8. This is where Jesus is primarily speaking to the Pharisees. For those that know, the Pharisees were the religious rulers, the leaders of Israel back in that day. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, I call them the wouldn't sees and the couldn't sees. These were those that were so clinging to their position or title of leadership, their credentials. They didn't want to lose their reputation. And here comes Jesus, the embodiment of truth. And he's blowing up all their doctrines, blowing up legalism blowing up religiosity blowing up false teaching blowing up all their schemes and their tricks and their tactics and they begin to plot and they bring a woman to him an adulterous woman the whole scenario these Pharisees were corrupt they were polluted they were defiled but they had one thing that everybody else didn't have they had money they had a, a, a reputation to keep and so many times they would lie and deceive and Jesus called them out on it the Pharisees these were the ones that were hired by Israel to what to speak the truth of God's word and Jesus looked at them the religious elite and he said you are of your father the devil. I want you to get this picture. These were the teachers of Israel. He said, you are of your father, the devil. And again, what did they do? They have to defend themselves because everybody just heard, I got blasted publicly by the truth himself. I just got blasted, kablammed, powed, like the, you know, the 70s Batman movie, pow, kablam. 
boom, pow. They, they just got blasted publicly. So here's their defense in John 8, 33. They looked at Jesus and they answered him. They said, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Did you hear that serpent slithering out of their mouth? We're not in bondage. We've never been in bondage. How could you say that you will make us free, that we will be free? They didn't even realize that the devil himself, the father of lies, were speaking through them at that precise moment. They were in bondage to themselves and they couldn't even see it. The Pharisees, the ones who claimed to know the truth, the ones who were hired to tell the truth and to teach the people the truth, Jesus looked right at their face and called them hypocrite. Always trying to defend themselves, never being able to take correction. Christians, we need to understand that we are an extension of God's hands here on earth. God has called us all to be of one spirit, to be of one accord, to be like-minded, of one heart. We're one body. The hand can't say to the, to the other hand or the foot or the eye that we don't need each other. We need each other. You need me and I need you. We have to check each other. Check me. I'll check you. Praise God. But we all want to get to the finish line. We all want to reach the, the, the goal of our, of our life in Christ. Many profess to be saints of God, but they lie to themselves. Many profess to love the poor, but they lie to themselves. Many profess to bear each other's burdens, to love your neighbor as yourself, to live by the golden rule, but we lie to ourselves. Many profess to be colorblind, but we lie to ourselves. Many profess to tell the truth, but we lie to ourselves. Why? Because we don't know how to keep it real. I'm going to read a poem. This poem is called The Praying Hypocrite. Listen closely. I knelt to pray when day was done and prayed, Lord, bless everyone. Lift from each heart the pain and let the sick be well again. And then I woke again one day and carelessly went on my way. The whole day long I did not try to wipe a tear from any eye. I did not try to share the load of any brother on the road. I did not even go to see the sick man just next door to me. Yet once again, when every day was done, I prayed, Lord, bless everyone. But as I prayed, into my ear came a voice that whispered ever so dear. Pause, hypocrite, before you pray. Whom have you tried to bless today? God's sweetest blessings always go by hands that serve him here below. And then I hid my face and cried, Forgive me, Lord, for I have lied. Let me but live another day, and I will live the way I pray.
That should shake us to the core. Every single one of us, praise God. Sometimes, saints of God, we can be our own worst enemy. We don't need help from anyone. We can do it all on our own. And that's why I say all the time, and I even to this day, I pray, Lord, save me from me because I can make my own problems myself. Saints of God, we also need to learn how to take correction. Stop trying to defend yourselves. Listen to this. Psalm 141, verses 3 through 5. It says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing, to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity. And do not let me eat of their delicacies. Let the righteous strike me. It shall be a kindness. And let him rebuke me. It shall be as excellent oil. Let my head not refuse it. For still my prayer is against the deeds of the wicked. Saints of God, we need to stop supporting a lie. Stop perpetuating lies. Stop spreading misinformation as fact and call it what it is. It is a lie. Dealing with the truth means that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. We have to have our prayer life intact. We need to be in God's presence. We need to be vigilant, keep watch, discern the enemy's tactics. It means to have courage, to live in truth, and to speak only truth, even if it hurts someone's feelings. When our life is not complete in Christ, when there are holes, when there are chinks in our armor, when we're not praying, when we're not spending time in God's presence, where we're not in his word, we are opening ourselves up to deceptions and portals, and this is where gossip comes in, murmuring and backbiting and division and discord and all the like. Get back in the prayer closet, saints of God. Lies are often produced in secrecy, not in public circles, not where everybody's around. They're produced in little pockets. That is Satan's tactic. Secrets to be kept in our hearts and minds among just a few. The devil knows exactly what he is doing. He's carefully calculating chicanery. That means deception. Lies. Keep us bound. And that means we have to remember our lies. I spoke a while back about a book of lies. I know a person that had a book of lies. Because they had to remember the lies. Everything they did. Because their wife was a monster. And she remembered everything. And they had a little journal that they kept. So they could remember the lies. Listen to this. Abraham Lincoln he says, no man has a good enough memory to make a successful liar. It takes much more effort and commitment to keep a lie than just to tell the truth. The truth, no matter how tough it is, it sets everything and everyone free. Problems can be resolved simply by abiding in the truth. 
Glory to God. Truth does not need a reminder. Truth does not need a defense attorney. Truth does not lead a, a lawyer. Truth defends itself. Listen to this quote by Austin O'Malley. A lie has no legs. It requires other lies to support it. Tell one lie and you are forced to tell others to back it up. Stretching the truth won't make it last any longer. Those that think it permissible to tell white lies soon grow colorblind. Nothing ever built on a lie will stand. Remember, Ed Cole, this quote, a half-truth is a whole lie. You'll hear it almost every week in this house. We have to be very aware also of tolerating a lie. If you know that somebody's lying right to your face and you don't deal with it, you don't confront it, then what you're doing is you are tolerating a lie. Or you are fueling a lie to burn a little hotter and a little further than when it first began. And then you find yourself caught up in a very deep and dark web of lies that you can't seem to get yourself out of. And you become trapped. Let me tell you, saints of God, I've had people, professed ministers, I'm saying it because I'm not scared of you. I've had people that demand to be called minister lie right to my face. And then after they got caught in the lie, in front of my face, they're looking at me, oh, 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 humana, 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 humana. You got caught in a bold-faced lie. It's disgraceful. Me, I, I'm a lot like Judge Judy. I love Judge Judy. I'm a fan. But Judge Judy, if she catches you in one lie then that means everything, you, you could be 100% truthful, but everything you say goes right into the trash bin. Your character, your integrity, your word, everything is poopy. It means nothing. It's caca, cocky duty do. And this is why it's so important because the enemy plays games and you, saints of God, the enemy is after your integrity. The enemy is after your character. And more importantly, the enemy is after your pastor. That's why the Bible says guard your salvation with fear and with trembling. Here's another quote. I think I have it up there. Yes, I do. Praise God. What upsets me is not that you lied to me, but that from now on, I can no longer believe you. That's like Judge Judy said it. Praise God. How do we find Satan in every situation? Here's how. Look for the lie. You know, when you're investigating, investigators look for money. In the spiritual sense, look for the lie, and you'll find Satan there. How do we recognize a lie? Anything contrary to God's word. Here's Satan's specialties, and I'll put them up here for you. Number one, secrecy. That means he doesn't want it exposed. Don't talk to anyone. Keep it under wraps. Here, here's the best, the secret that, that Satan does. He says, look, just go before the Lord and pray. Just go before the Lord and pray. Don't tell nobody anything. Just, just go pray. That's Satan speaking to you. 
Matthew 18 says, if somebody offends you, you go to them and you fix it face to face. If we can't confront or see someone face to face, how then are we going to cast out devils? When a person comes in here, foaming out of the mouth, and you can't even talk to your brother or sister, you're going to cast out a devil? You're going to be a demon slayer, a faith fighter, a darkness destroyer, and you can't even tell the truth? Repent in Jesus' name. Secrecy. He wants no exposure. He wants it to stay in the shadows. Number two, shame. Well, if you tell them, they're going to be offended. They're going to be hurt with you. If you say it, you're going to look, you're going to have egg on your face. If you say it, it's going to come back to bite you. If you say something, but it's guilt and shame and manipulation and the spirits start working in your head. You say, I can't say nothing. I gotta, I'll, be a, I'll be embarrassed. I'll be embarrassed. They'll call me out. They'll, they'll, they'll say this. They'll say that. The third step is deception itself. When you start to create lies to cover up the previous lie. One lie perpetuates the next lie to the next lie to the next lie. It goes into full swing. And now you don't know if it's truth or fact. Number four is then the word comes into the picture. You see, the devil is always after the word. He always wants to rob, to steal the word, to steal the word. So he'll take the word and distort it. And he'll start using scriptures to distort the truth. He'll say, well, listen, according to the word, blah, 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 blah. And then now it's twisted so that the people that are hearing it says, well, it must be something true because it came from the word of God. Hasn't devil been defiling the word of God from the very beginning? Didn't he not say to Eve right at the very beginning? He said, did God really say? He's after the word. He's always after the word. Satan wants us in secrecy. That's where he can weigh us down and keep us bound with guilt and misery and shame. But our Redeemer, hallelujah, Jesus Christ, the perfect Lamb of God, our Redeemer wants to loose us from the closets of secrecy and bring us into a spacious place of joy and freedom. And how about this? Authenticity. And most importantly, transparency. I want those that roll with me to be transparent. Even if it hurts, if I've offended someone, come and tell me. Don't go in the back channels and start talking about me. Come to my face. The likelihood is I don't even know that I hurt you. And if you are my brother, if you are my sister, and I'm your pastor, and I'm your friend, then how else can we have relationship if you can't even talk to me? And I'm going to say this because my wife has corrected me, and I even accept that. Praise God. I've stood here at this altar so many times and said, if you call me whining about something, I'm going to blow up your pity party. I've said it many times. I've said it in a, in, a, in a jesting, joking kind of way. And I think for that reason, many probably feel, I'm not going to, I ain't going to talk to the pastor. He's going to blow me up. Listen, no, that's not the case. I'm going to tell you, if you are genuinely having an issue, you come and you, we'll pray together. I'll pray with you it's only if you call me seven or eight or nine times or 20 times for the same thing sooner or later I'm gonna drop some spiritual Pearl Harbor bombs on you and I'm gonna say what where's your faith did not Jesus stand on the boat and say where is your faith oh ye of little faith eventually you listen we don't make babies here we send the babies to Pastor Daisy 
We make men here. We make mature believers. We make disciples here. And if after three or four phone calls or five phone calls, you haven't figured it out, then either one, I'm not teaching effectively or I'm not giving wise or solid counsel. Or number two, you're not listening. You're not hearing. You're not obeying. One or the other. But something's got to give. And if we got to go in prayer and fast, we got to do a vigil, I'm down. Let's do it. We'll do it together. But don't exclude me and don't let me uh, 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 make you afraid. Come and talk to me. We're the body of Christ. You're my brother. You're my sister. So take me by the hand. Together we will work until he comes. There's no foe that can defeat us when we're walking side by side. As long as there is love, we will stand. That's my lame attempt at that song. Praise God. Let's talk about it. Praise God. Give the enemy no place. Satan knows that once we expose his plan, he is done. The light of God's word will bring us into freedom. Glory to God. Let's talk as I'm coming to my end. This is not a close, but this is just warming you up for the close. Let's talk about transparency and accountability. First, saints of God, in order to be transparent and accountable, we need to be truthful with God and ourselves. We need to be transparent before God because God knows our thoughts, our secrets, our intentions, our desires. He knows the very innermost part of our being. So when we come before God, stop trying to fool God. That is just straight up foolishness. Somebody say, spirit of dumb. You can't go to God and fake the funk with God. He knows you. Be real. Examine yourself. Point number one, examine ourselves. Before you move a single minute further in your walk with God, you have to ask yourself, am I a lover of truth? Am I a defender of truth? 2 Corinthians 13, 5, it says, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? Ask yourself some questions. What kind of testimony do I have? Here's a really good way of knowing if you're in the faith. Look at your spouse. Look at your children. Are they a more God-fearing a person because of your influence on them? Are they living for Christ more because of, of your, your input in their life? Men of God, this is a question we need to ask ourselves. Is your wife skipping into the church, hopping and skipping and smiling? Or is she frumpy and, and, and frazzled? <laughs> you want me to sit there? Okay. Mm. You, you could tell. What is your legacy? What is your influence? What is your impact on your family? What will be your legacy long after you're gone? How real or truthful are you with Christ in your own walk? I have a story to read. It says, after a Sunday morning church service, little Johnny told his mom, Mom, I think I want to be a minister when I grow up. And his mom said, well, that's okay with me, Johnny, but what made you want to come to that conclusion? He says, well, 
Being that I'll have to go to church on Sunday anyway, I figure it would be more fun to stand up and yell than to sit down and listen. Here's a quote, a stat from uh, Prokop, if I pronounce it correctly, July through August 1988. It says, it is estimated that 500,000 Americans have counterfeit diplomas or credentials. That was back in 1988. We're in 2022 right now. I'm sure that number is tripled, quadrupled, multiplied by... You see, especially ministers and, and pastors and, and leaders, clergy. There's so many people now. Do you know that Lady Gaga can now uh, uh, officiate weddings? She's a licensed minister, an ordained minister, or, ordained. Yeah, laugh. It's true. There are people getting uh, 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 ministerial credentials out of a Cracker Jack box. They haven't been to one day of, of school, one day in the trenches. But they're here, you know, doing baptisms, doing weddings, doing everything. We need to be real with ourselves. Number two, we need to speak the truth in love with each other, even if it hurts. That means you need Holy Spirit boldness and courage. Listen, think about this. When Jesus came into Jerusalem, knowing that they were going to put him to death, and he goes to his father's house, what's the first thing he sees? They turned his father's house, a house that was meant for prayer. The house of God is a house of prayer for all generations to come in and be in God's presence. And they turned it into a den of thieves, into a marketplace. Listen, it took courage, but he went in there and he started flipping over tables. He started breaking open the cages of the birds and the lambs and the uh, sheeps and everything else. They probably had frogs there too. He started turning everything over and not one person jumped on top of him and waited for the authorities to come. Because there was a Holy Ghost boldness that was on his life. And he cleansed the temple. And a lot of us don't like it when they get cleansed. But that is also a necessary component of ministry. We need to know God's word and fall in love with his word. We need to love God's word and be a doer of his word. We need to speak God's word and have a credible and visible witness of the truth of God and his word. I love this quote by John Wesley. I found it and I loved it. He said, I would not tell one lie to save the souls of all the world. How many people are lying about their credentialing and saying, I'm doing this for Jesus. I'm doing this all for God. This is all for Jesus. I would not lie to one single person to save the whole world because whatever is built on a lie will not stand. You can't win a single soul for Jesus Christ by worldly methods. It's impossible to reach the world with the world. The world for Jesus with the world. You're lying to yourself if you believe that. No one is coming to Christ because you prayed for their headache. Get it together. Are we sharing the truth with our loved ones or are we ashamed of the truth? My brother, my older brother, God bless him, he always tells me this joke. He says it in jest, but, but it's scary. He says, never let the truth get in the way of a good lie. And here's another thing, exaggeration and stretching. 
stretching the truth. A lot of us do that too. When we stretch the truth, remember a half-truth is a whole lie. There was a manager in a store. A manager was asked by his laziest employee for a recommendation for another job. The manager thought hard all night for something that would be honest without hurting the young man's chances. So he finally wrote, you will be lucky if you can get him to work for you. saints of God understand this truth that if you start getting real with God and you start examining yourself you're not going to scare God away God can handle it be real with God and be real with Jesus Christ his son be real with God in every detail this is why we come to church because we're all jacked up led by a jacked up pastor, served by jacked up people. We're all jacked. The church is a hospital. This is where broken people come to be made whole. This is where sick people come to be made healed. These are where people that are desperate, anxious, scared, wounded, hurt, offended. This is where you come to receive replenishment, to be restored, to be transformed. You know, there, there was a uh, Brother Sal, Brother Sal, he's not here. Sal, he was with me. He, he gave me such a beautiful illustration. I'm going to find this, this book. There's a Japanese art form. I don't know what the name of it is, but this is what it is. Listen, there's beautiful vases, Japanese vases. And what they do, if the vase is broken or if they go ahead and take it and smash it on the floor, the vase now is broken into like 100 pieces. And what happens is these master craftsmen, they now take those broken pieces and one by one, they reassemble the vase. But guess how they do it? They use gold, pure gold, as the mortar to fix the vase. And by the time the vase is created with every little crack, you see beautiful purified gold, malleable, shapeable, and they have it filled in all the cracks and the vase is put back together, sealed with gold. And now a vase that was a $20 or even a $2 dollar store vase is now hundreds of thousands of dollars because of the painstakingly detailed craftsmanship and the purity of gold. How many know that God is here to take your broken vessel? If you have failed, if you have made mistakes, if you are broken, God is going to say, don't worry, daughter. Don't worry, son. Come to me. I know how to fix you. He's going to take you and he's going to mold you and purify you, refined by fire in the furnace of affliction. He'll melt gold and it'll sting when it comes on you. But as he's crafting you, he's making you into a perfect vessel that can be used over and over again, repurposed, revalued. Hallelujah. And God is the originator. He knows how to fix things. Stop being afraid to go to the Lord with the truth. Lord, I'm broken. Lord, this wounded me. Lord, I'm hurt. I made a mistake. How about this? You know, think about this. Sometimes we think mistakes are so horrible that they can never be fixed. Such as a child. You know how many abortions take place because they think it was a mistake? I know a woman who's a missionary to this day who went to Guatemala and she was gang raped. Listen to me. 
gang raped by three Guatemalan men. They beat her up and they raped her and she got pregnant. Do you want to know what she did? She had the baby. This baby was a top student, grade A student. He graduated early out of school and went to college, graduated early. Before he was 16, he was already a college graduate. And now this little boy and his mother and their family are now back in Guatemala serving as missionaries in the, in the country of Guatemala. And he knows multiple languages. Listen, God could take the ugliness of sin. God could take a horrendous, tragic episode of your life and turn it around for the good. What we need to do is trust God. Hear his word. Obey. And don't worry about the, anything else. Just begin to be obedient unto God. Praise the Lord. Oftentimes our past holds us back. Jesus said, behold, I make all things new. We have to renounce every secret thing. Praise the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away, and behold, all things are new. We need courage to take this and to be accurate in our life going forward and to have liberty and victory. No, listen, saints of God, we need to be honest. No one wants to be around a liar. I've told my wife, I've told my kids, I can tolerate just about anything, but I don't like liars and I don't like thieves. I pray for them. I got to love up on people, but I don't want to associate and be around people that are constantly lying to my face. I got no time for that. Let me tell you a short story. A man saw an ad in the paper advertising a talking dog being sold for $20. He knew it was impossible. But his curiosity got the best of him. And he went to the home of that dog owner and ushered him into a side room. And there he was, the dog. The man was left alone with the dog so he contentively asked, Can you talk? Yes, said the dog. The man was amazed. Where have you been all this time, said the inquirer. Well, the dog replied, first I was a bomb-sniffing dog for the CIA. After that, I became a seeing-eye dog for Stevie Wonder. Then, for a time, I was in the Broadway show Annie, where I played Sandy. The man was amazed and went out to the owner. He said, I have to hand it to you. That dog really talks. But why are you willing to get rid of him for $20? The owner said, yeah, sure, he could talk, but he's such a liar. <laughs> Saints of God. This is a character check time for everyone in this room. If we allow little white lies, you know, when the phone rings and your wife is going. Oh, she's not here right now. Can I take a message for her? That's a lie. Jesus expects you and I to go ye therefore into all the world and preach the good news. If we can't even keep it real, if we're not truthful with our own self, then we too are failing in the ambassador ministry of Christ. Romans 10.14 How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how... Shall they believe in him who have they not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher?
guess what? You, saints of God, everyone in this room that knows Christ and has a relationship with Christ, you are the preacher of God's word today. It's your assignment to go and tell the truth, even if it hurts. Can you handle it? Praise God. Are you ready to tell the truth? We are now in the very end of days. The Bible calls it the lukewarm age of the church. Many have been deceived. And we have been warned over and over and over again by God's word. 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. It says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. And these are the very ones that will try to defend themselves, defend their evil, demonic posture and post. Isaiah 59, 14, justice is turned back and righteousness stands afar off. For truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. Saints of God, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's time for all of us to hear and obey the word of God or to hear and reject. It's that simple. Every leader in this room, every pastor in this room, every director in this room, every minister in this room, I challenge you here and now today from this day forward, hear God's word and obey God's word. Stand in truth. Give no place to the enemy. Do not compromise. Do not entertain. Do not tolerate deception. In closing, and now I'm ready to close, praise God. A couple of verses of scripture. I'm going to take you back 2,000 years ago when Pontius Pilate was confronting Jesus. Truth. I want you to hear Jesus' own words in that conversation. Jesus answered him, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered. You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Listen to John 10, 1 through 5. Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter by the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, that same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. Saints of God, abide in the Lord. Let him abide in you and you abide in him. And from this point forward, make every effort to abide in truth. Glory to God. God bless you this morning. Hallelujah. You survived the message. 
Glory to God. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.